you know, tonight in worship, what I was just reminded of is Paul. Uh, Paul said something that was quite interesting. He said, my greatest desire is to be with the Lord. Now, for your sake, I am with you. But my greatest desire is to be with the Lord. And I want to ask you, what is your greatest desire? You know, there's a lot going on in this world. We, we live here in the West. There's so much comfort. There's so many things to look forward to. What's your next holiday? What's your next job? What's your next family thing that you're going to do? But for Paul, his mindset was completely set on the kingdom that was to come. He understood something that I want us all to grasp, something that John has been talking about tonight is, what is all of this really about? It is about a garden. And the garden is the presence. It is all about the place that was there in Genesis in the beginning, that place which was lost. And in that moment, God set in motion a plan to restore each and every one of us back to the presence of the King. And I wanna submit that He, Yeshua, the Messiah, in that garden, he becomes the tree of life. He becomes the tree that when he came to walk this earth bore fruit perfectly. And he called all who would call on his name to bear good fruit. See, one of the fruits of the spirit is love. That's what this night this weekend is about, but I want to submit to you that if we want to talk about how do we get love back in our lives, we have to go to the root of our trees, no pun intended. We have to go back and look at the model of Christ, the tree he was, and look at ours and ask the great physician to come and inspect and this weekend say, Lord, come and look Look at my tree. Oh, Father, show me what there is that is sick. Is there an infection? Is there something that is preventing good fruit to grow? And so I want to submit to you. I want to read just a verse here out of Leviticus 23. And many of you know this verse if you're familiar with the feast days. It's about the Feast of Tabernacles. And this verse, you know, we're, we're not at the Feast of Tabernacles, but I want to tell you that if you know anything about the feast, it's not about keeping it once a year. It's about keeping it every day. It's about walking out. They are just a reminder for us when we get together of what we are to become. Now, look at what this tree is that is being described. He says, Leviticus 23, 40, and you shall take on the first day the fruit of splendid trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. And so when you think about, to just make this simple, what is being described are these various different parts of what makes up a tree. We have the willows of the brook, the water. We have these branches. We have these leaves. And we have ultimately the fruit. And all of these elements is what we all know makes up a tree. Look at what Psalm 1-3 says, the blessed man. What is a blessed man? He defines a blessed man. He says, the blessed man is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. 
and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. Let's look at some of these things. The waters was described by the Messiah himself, where he stood up at the Feast of Tabernacles and he said, Who here, which tree here is thirsty? What tree here is dry? Whoever comes to me and drink will receive living water. Your thirst will be quenched. You will be satisfied. And he says in this, But not only that, when you drink of me, out of your belly will flow a river of living water too. You will become a vessel that brings forth water. But what is that water? It says, this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. See, the Holy Spirit has been given for you, and it was paid to be given for you. And the Holy Spirit is described as a river for a reason. A river goes into crevices and all kinds of places, unexpected places, places you you can't control the river. Rather, the river should control you. You can't manipulate the river. You can't do any. The river does what it wants to do and you simply submit to the Spirit, to the rivers of God. See, I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that When we think about a tree planted by this river, it has to rejoice in the nourishment of the water. It has to be planted there and and, and recognize where this comes from. Where does it come from? It comes from just what John said earlier. A man on a tree who was pierced in his side. And as he was pierced, it's written that blood poured out of his side. And that is what we proclaim, the gospel, the the blood that was shed for us. Hallelujah. But another thing that came out of his side that we speak often less about in relation to that story is the water. The waters of God. The Holy Spirit that poured out of him. And it was paid for as well so that it can be made available to us. He said, it is good that I go so that the Spirit can come and be with you. And so I would like to ask you now, are you pierced? Because not only did the Messiah die, he said, whoever is worthy, whoever whoever wants to follow me has to pick up their cross to follow me. They have to die to themselves. They have to be pierced themselves. And then the waters, the Holy Spirit can flow through you as well. But you have to die to yourself. Why am I speaking about this? Because before we can even begin to speak about how to love, we have to speak about how to die. Because you cannot love in of yourself. The only one who can help you love is the God of love. The one who is love. The one who is the definition of love himself. And he must be the one whom you depend upon in order to love. The next part of a tree is the branches. The branches is the foundation. It is the, that which holds everything that the tree would carry up. The truth. The foundation that we have. That foundation the Messiah said, uh, Matthew 7, 24, Every, everyone who hears these words of mine, he says, and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, I, like, I love what John said earlier. He was, he was taking my sermon. 
I was like, man, like, <laughs> I'm not going to have anything left to say. <laughs> but but what, what we see is that truth is, is, is what, as he said, as he says, it's whoever hears these words and does them. That is what we ought to do. But truth is not just something you learn. It's not just knowledge you acquire. Truth is who you know. Truth is who you know. Truth is a person. And if it's a truth, the knowledge that you're acquiring, which is holy, we're par- we're, we perish for lack of it. But, but if that knowledge does not draw you to truth, to the person who is Christ, it's going to draw you to something else. It's going to draw you to yourself. It's gonna, you're going to use it to draw people to yourself. It's going to draw you to other men. It's going to draw you to other kingdoms. But the truth that he has given for us must be used for what it was made for, to draw us closer to the garden presence of the king. And if that's something that we use truth for, then truly we can be made more into the image of the tree of life, to look like that tree ourselves. I want you to ask is, is truth something that I know or is truth someone who knows me? Is it someone who knows me? Does he know you? Is it someone who is, when we, you stand before him and you will and I will, when we do, will he say, I know you. I know who you are. I have seen you in the secret place. I have seen you when no one else was looking. Not when you were on a stage, not when you were, when you were in, a, in a circle holding hands, not when you were around the dinner table, but I saw you crying out when no one was there in the secret place. And I recognize you. I recognize your tears, and that's why I wiped them away. I recognize your joy, and I filled that up. I recognize your sorrow, and I heal that. I recognize your pain, and I see it all. I know you, but do you pour that out for him? The next element, now, now we have established all that has brought us to a tree that can carry something. And the next element is the leaves of a tree. See, the leaves of a tree is that when you think, just think in the natural, you look outside, we're in, we're in Tennessee, there's a lot of trees out here. You look at the trees, you know, I come from South Africa, there were not near as many trees where I grew up. I'm like, I, I, I live in a forest right now, and I'm like, there's trees everywhere. And then you start realizing when you look at trees, like you just look at the leaves and it tells you everything about a tree. Right, you look at the leaves and you see, is this tree diseased or is it healthy? And you also see what kind of a season is it right now based off the leaves alone. But see, I want to submit to you something about that. In the first century, there were all these men, certain Pharisees, who walked around. And as they did, they had pretty leaves on their trees. They had long seats. They had the best seat at the feast. They, and everyone wanted to be like them. They were the scholars, the scribes, the smartest of them all. They were the examples. And their leaves on their trees, it, in, in its season, it was beautiful. But then the Messiah walked up to their tree. And he picked the fruit. Oh, no, wait, there wasn't fruit to pick. And see, there was another story it reminds me of. There was a day that the Messiah was with his disciples and they saw a fig tree 
in the distance and he walked up to this fig tree and it's, it's written that the fig tree was in leaf but it had no leaves of figs upon it because it was not the season for figs and so that's kind of like okay yeah we know how trees work right like there's not going to be any figs when it's not the season for it but Yeshua does something unexpected he turned around and he curses the tree he says may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Might you never bear fruit again? And I just imagine, like, if I was there, and I just can imagine what the disciples were thinking, like, Yeshua, have you never, like, figured out how trees work? This is normal. But he curses it. See, I want to submit to you something. In this world, it is normal to bear fruit in season. It is normal to, when people love you, to love them back. I mean, the pagans, the, you know, the world, the unbelievers, the, they all do that. Everyone does that in season. It's easy to love those who love you back. But see, when someone hates you, when someone backstabs you, when someone bespitefully uses you, when they gossip behind you, when they want to put you on a cross, when they want to sell you for a robber, when they want to do these things to you, it's really difficult. It's not normal. It's unexpected. But Yeshua expects it. The people of God, it is always the season for the people of God to bear fruit. Always. There is no out of season. It is always the season. It is always the season to love, no matter how they love you. In fact, if they don't love you, you love them more. But see, I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, we are in this place where we know love is difficult and it's most difficult to love when they hate you, when they love to hate you. I want to read this, Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree, listen to this, he is like a tree planted by the waters that send out its roots by the stream and he does not fear he does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and he's not anxious in the year of drought for he does not cease to bear fruit. Some of you are in a year of drought. Some of you are in a place where the heat is. It's like, is it like global warming? No, I don't know. Well, like what is, like what's going on? Like it is, the heat has been turned up in your life. And you're in a place where the Lord is testing you. He is allowing things to come your way. He is even allowing the enemy in your midst to see, will your tree, when it is difficult, when, this, when, your tree, when the season changes, will your tree continue to bear fruit continuously in and out of season? And see, when you do, you will be like after your Messiah, who bore fruit in and out of season. He is the example to follow. So don't look at the world to be your teacher as to how to walk this out. Don't look at how they treat one another. But it is when your tree looks differently, when it is like that burning bush that burns continuously as Moses looked upon it. It's like, what is it about this tree? that it burns continuously? What is it about this tree that it bears fruit all the time and he, it never ceases to bear good fruit? But see, you can be a religious man and yet be a fig tree that Yeshua curses. 
Just hold on, let's just think about that. You can be religious, you can have pretty leaves on your tree, you'd be like a fig tree who Yeshua curses. See, allow him to do, do his great work in you. Where he comes and look, how, how, how can he do this work? He can only do this work because the Holy Spirit is where we are planted. That is the only way that we can do it. We cannot do it alone. We cannot do it by our own strength. We can only do it when we are planted by the Holy Spirit who empowers us to bear fruit in and out of season. The living water is living all the time, not some of the time. The living water is alive today. It's alive tomorrow in your darkest time and in your brightest day. The living water gives life. And He must be the one you depend upon. Brothers and sisters, we have depended upon ourselves for way too long. We have tried on our own strength for, with good motive, but on our own strength for way too long. We have grabbed for all kinds of other wells in this world, like the Samaritan woman was looking at all these other places for fulfillment. But if we look to the one true God and His Spirit, He will empower us. He is the only one who can do it. Now let's look at some of those fruits. And I want you to allow Him to diagnose your fruits here. Galatians 5.22. John, can I have some living water? So we see in Galatians 5.22, but the fruits of the Spirit, oh, thank you. She just spoke to me in Afrikaans. I'm from South Africa. You still from South Africa? Oh, awesome. Global church. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. We're going to talk about that way more as we go along here this, this weekend. But love is to make a sacrifice, to lay one's self down for a friend. It's to have something cost you something. Love is not for free. It costs you something. It costs you to love. But he paid the ultimate price as an example for us to pay a much smaller price in our day to day to love people. You need to pay a price every day to love people. It is difficult to love, we pay, but it's worth it. And we must make the sacrifice for one another, not just for our family and our friends, which we should, but even for our enemies. The next he says is joy, to have joy to be filled with the joy, to be filled with the joy of what He has done for us, that He has died for us, that He has, he has made a way for me. Lord, thank You for making a way for me to be able to speak to You now, that we can have this meeting, that we can even come together. Like we would be in the dust, we would be dead, we would not even be, be talking about this. We would be having no thoughts but death itself if it wasn't for what He has done for us. Lord, thank You for what You have done for us. And thank you for all that you've given us, this beautiful church. We don't have to be scared of persecution. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with families and children and fellowship and, and your word. We, can, we, can, we have this Bible. And there's people who, have, who are in prisons who have, this is banned. They don't even have this in this form. They only have it in their, in their minds and in their hearts. Lord, thank you, God, we have your word. Man, we have so many things in America, we have no idea. We have lost sight of what we have. 
Lord, thank you for the joy that we, like, we, we should stop complaining, brothers and sisters. We, if we just have joy. That is what we should have in the spirit. The enemy comes with all these, all this stuff. Look, I understand life has trials, but the enemy comes and he tries to rob us of the joy, this one fruit. He tries to take off our tree. And it's when we lose sight of the tree of life that we most lose sight of joy. And the next is peace, to have peace, to be at peace with men, to be at peace with God because he has made a way for me to have peace with him. For me to have peace even in the storm, even when the disciples were on that boat and there was a storm, they think they're going to die. They're like probably screaming and crying and being like, God, it's over, but God is on the boat and he's on the boat with you. He's on the boat with you in your storm for you to have peace. And Yeshua, he comes up our, up to the deck of that boat and he's like, what are you guys worried about? He waves and the storm ceases. He's at perfect peace because he's perfected in love with his father. The next is patience. Ooh, this one is hard. This one's hard for me to be patient with one another, to be patient, to be patient when, when someone is trying to argue and trying to be mean to you, to be patient with them. To be patient with someone at work who doesn't get it. To be patient with your children when they don't want to be quiet. To be patient, to be patient with one another. To be patient with yourself. To, be al to allow yourself to grow, to allow yourself to make mistakes along the way. There is no growth without learning from mistakes. To be patient with yourself and lifting some of those pressures off yourself that the Father never placed on your shoulders, but did you put on yourself? And that makes you sick. And that's why you can't sleep at night. It's not because what God put on you, it's because what you put on yourself. It's what you allow the enemy to whisper to you. You're not good enough. You're not perfect enough. You're not flawless enough. Have patience with one another. Have patience with yourself. The next is kindness. Do I have to explain this one? To be kind to one another. Man, if someone has an argument with you, if someone is angry at you, you have a, a discussion that's serious with someone, you know, those times in life, you know, they may not agree with you, but let them walk away from that saying, you know what, I'm so confused because they were so kind to me. And I'm so angry, but they were so kind to me. Let that be what they get from your tree. Let that be the fruit that they pick. Be kind to one another. Overflowing, not just in speech, not just you saying I was kind, but let, them let it be abundantly clear that your life is a life of kindness to everyone around you. The next one is goodness. Goodness, to have your thoughts be forever and good about everything. Let you meditate on what is good. Let you speak what is good. Let you teach what is good in your household and to whomever you speak. Let your life be a testament of goodness. Everyone in this world knows what is good. God has given them a conscience. So when they see goodness in you, you don't, it is good for us to, to have a testimony and share but how good that our lives is the testimony, that how we walk is the witness of whom we belong to and of what tree we are eating of.
Next, faithfulness. To be faithful to one another. To love one another in such a way that you do not betray one another. That, the, that, that because you're my brother and you're my sister, even if there was something between us, even if there was something wrong, even if you said something I didn't agree with or didn't understand or didn't like, or even if I just don't like you, for me to come and be faithful to speak and follow the Bible where, God, where our Messiah has said, go to your brother and fix things before you come and bring an offering to the Lord. Go and speak to him and you alone, not to you and Facebook, not to you and the world, not to you and someone else, but you and him alone. Be faithful to one another, honor one another, respect one another, love one another in this way. Gentleness, to be gentle. What is it to be gentle? It is like when you carry a newborn baby in your arms. It is that gentleness of, wow, this baby, like I have to be gentle. God says, these are my children. Your brothers and sisters are my children. Be gentle with them. Be gentle with one another. The way you speak, let it be gentle. And, and in fact, the scriptures specifically make mention to how when you correct someone, be gentle in correction. See, I love how he does that, how he, he uses all of these hard, he, he gives us these examples that are difficult. He says, even in those, be gentle. When, when your flesh just wants to be like, I'm going to tell them the truth. You know, like, no, be gentle in doing so. Be compassionate in doing so. And perhaps you'll have a shot at actually reaching their heart when you are gentle. Self-control, last but not least. To have self-control over your own body, bringing it into submission so that you, being one who speaks of the truth, does not become one who breaks it yourself. Exercising self-control in prayer and in fasting, drawing near to the Lord, recognizing the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing. But that means that we must draw near to Him. We must do the work to draw near to Him. And it's work only because the flesh does not like it and the flesh considers it work. The disciples were falling asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane because it is sometimes difficult. But we have to press in so that we can have self-control over our flesh. And so, he says then, against such things there is no law. These things, when you walk in these things, you will not break the law of God. You will be obedient to the law of God. You will fulfill the law of God in your life. And so, we have now spoken about all of these elements of a tree. And I'm, I want to start concluding here. When you think about all of these elements of a tree, we have spoken about the water, we have spoken about the branches, we have spoken about the leaves, we have spoken about the fruit, and all of this points to the one who was the tree, and it reveals him, the one who perfectly walked in the Holy Spirit, who perfectly walked in the truth of his Father's words, obeying his commandments, who perfectly had perfect leaves for the healing of the nations, and who bore perfect fruit. And it is because of that that 
the gospel can be revealed and how he is the perfect lamb of God who was slain, who was worthy of it. And he was the one who was able to bear the fruit that we never bore. He was able to come in our place and say, you didn't do it. You failed, but I am doing it so that, and then he died the death that we should have died. In fact, he was nailed to a tree, a dead tree, a tree that was cut down. The wood was put up and he was nailed to that. Such were each of you, each and every one of us was like that dead tree. No hope of life, cut down with no purpose but to lift death up. But yet, Yeshua could not be held down by death. And he is resurrected from the dead. And as he is resurrected from the dead, and life comes and springs forth to all. He becomes the tree planted in the garden, the tree of life, whom all who would eat of him would now be able to be resurrected with him, to live forever, to bear the fruits that he bore. Brothers and sisters, such is the door that he has opened for you to be saved and to bear good fruit for you to walk as one worthy of the call of a disciple of the king, the one sitting at the right hand of the father, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, to whom all things belong and under whom all things have been placed. But for you to not be like Adam and Eve, who was in the garden, who looked upon a strange tree, who partook of strange fruit, and because of that, fruits of the flesh got produced in them. From what tree are you eating? Because you, you, there is no difference. Many people are like, I just read the other day, someone was asking, why Adam and, like Adam and Eve, why should we be punished for what they did? You do the same. We do the same. We're in the same place. We've made the same mistakes. We've seen that same strange tree and now he's saying but no more of that I have come and I have placed a tree of life eat of me and be satisfied and so as we draw near to this goal of love and as we're going to expound on this thing called love during this conference more and more I want you to begin with this father what fruit am I truly bearing is it the fruits of the spirit or the works of the flesh? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, to divide brothers and sisters from one another, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So let's be a people who do not repeat the mistakes of the garden, not listening to this strange voice, going to a strange tree, eating of strange fruit, but let us listen to the voice of our Father, going to the tree we do know, eating of the fruit we do see is good and know is good, 
so we can be after his likeness. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would come, that you would come with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we, if you're here tonight, and as I have read, you have recognized that you have not upheld the fruits of the Spirit. If there is one in your life that you see, Lord, that is something I don't have. I need that, Lord. I need that more towards my wife. I need that more towards my children. I need that more towards my people at work and everyone else. If that's you, I want you to come forward. If you, perhaps you're sitting there and even from that list of the fruits of the flesh, perhaps there was something there. You're like, Father, I need this ripped from my flesh and I need a new spirit. I need your empowerment. Lord, you went through it all for us. Even facing death for us, even though you never deserved it, even though death was the farthest thing from you. Father, I pray, Lord, that just as life came upon you, that life would come upon us, the living waters, the Holy Spirit, that you would be the one who empowers us. Father, I ask that you would give me, that you would give anyone here right now who desires the fruits of the Spirit, that you would mature those fruits on our trees, that you would grow them, that they would become abundantly clear and evident and prosperous. Father, we worship you and we thank you and we praise you.